Hello, this is Catherine, as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, my loves, how are we? How are we doing? It's like day 20 million of the pandemic, isn't it? I hope everybody's hanging in there. I've had a brilliant day. I've had a really brilliant day. I hope that doesn't found, sound smug or gloating. I mean, there's been lots of fucking shit days as well, right? But today was a today was a really good day. We, well, I mean, it feels like it's been action-packed. Is there anybody else out there who is genuinely going, I don't know how I will fit in my, my real life once we go back to normal? To think there were days when I used to leave my house more than once. The excitement, the thrills, I'm going to need a little lie down to be able to cope with it. But yeah, it's been, it's been non-stop. It's all been happening today. So we started with a, a lunchtime trip to the McDonald's drive through Now, I will be the first to put my hand up here and say I am completely a, a food snob. And we do not typically frequent McDonald's for, for a large amount, not least because I can just think of nicer places to go. No disrespect to McDonald's. I think you've grown with the times and you've come a long way since I was explaining to Beth when I was like, anybody else when they were like a little kid? McDonald's, McDonald's parties in the 1980s were like a big thing where you'd go and you'd sit on a plastic mushroom and some guy with a very weird wig would come and bring you burgers. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But that's what we did in the 80s. So yeah, I was explaining to, to Beth how you used to yeah, and she was like, why did you not just go to somewhere like Flip Out? And I was like, okay, Flip Out didn't exist. And uh, yeah, blew, blew her mind, blew her mind. But McDonald's, as I say, I can just think of nicer places to go. But of course, when it comes to lockdown, there are no nicer places to go. Nobody's going anywhere. So Beth had been coveting a McDonald's for, for some time. So eventually I capitulated and said, yes, we would go to the drive-thru. I'm not going to lie. A big chunk of the reason I said, yes, let's go to the drive-thru was because I was so fucking excited about the idea of leaving the house. I mean, I'm not joking. I dressed up for the trip to the drive-thru like I was going on a night out. I was like, I'm going to curl my hair, do my makeup. That's not what you're doing. I'm like, we're going out, darling. She's like, to the drive-thru. Anyway, got there. And I don't have, oh my God, literally my kitchen appliances in the background. What even is that? I think that's my tumble dryer. You're not even meant to be on. Why are you making that noise? Fuck's sake. Proper podcasters would not have to deal with rogue kitchen appliances in the background although the dishwasher is still going strong that is the that is the good news anyway where was I back to the point away from the tumble dryer so we we turned up but the sad thing about going to the McDonald's drive-thru is terribly efficient they're terribly good at what they do and so I was kind of like thinking that maybe it would be like you know when you when you go and I don't know queue at the, at the supermarket just be just before Christmas and there's queues and you're there for hours and you come back and you're like yeah it's like a day trip. No, McDonald's is terribly, terribly efficient. Even the man taking my orders, and, and as you will know from listening to this podcast, I speak incredibly quickly. Believe it or not, me speaking on this podcast, this is me turning down my speed. I know, that's how fast I, that's how fast I speak. This is me making an effort. Uh, so the, but we, I placed the order to, to the man behind the, the hidden screen, and he was just terribly good, and he was terribly efficient, and all the little things that we ordered came up magically on a screen in front of us. You can tell I don't get out much can't you it was it was very very exciting and then you and then you drive around I can't believe I'm telling you how a drive-through works clearly you know how a drive-through works because all of you are not weirdos and you do go to drive-throughs anyway if you have never been to drive-through you you drive through it the clue is in the name fucking hell it's been a long week it's been a long week look what half term's done to me it's broken me you you drive you drive through and then you pay and then you go to a little window and they give you your food and that's a drive through and all of you knew this but now I've just explained for about 30 seconds what a drive through is good I bet you're glad that you tuned in this week aren't you but we had our we had our, our, our food from McDonald's I say we I didn't have my food from McDonald's 
I bought the children their food from McDonald's and then brought home and then and then yes I did that thing and I I still remember to this day it's one of the things that I think my blog readers have been most appalled by over the years was when one of them had asked for McDonald's for their birthday I can't remember who and and so I got it and I put it out on on my on my china plates I put it out and then I put salad on the side because I, I just, that's how I was brought up. You can't have a meal without having some fruit or some vegetables with it. You just can't. I just can't cope with it. So, yeah, I, I made the kids stand there and I, and I put their, I put their food out on, on, on the Denby plates. And then I added some, some, some carrots and some tomatoes and a plum for afterwards. Because then I think that kind of like balances out the, the, the bad stuff. I know, I know. What a dick. What a dick. They were very nice because they were happy to have their McDonald's. But I could see they were thinking it inside. What a dick. What a dick. But it was nice going to the drive-thru. I mean, obviously, trip out, very exciting. But also, because I just think it takes me back to being a kid, not just sitting on mushrooms in, in weird restaurants with men in wigs. Again, still sounds weirder than I meant it to. But also, we used to go, me and my dad, on a on a Saturday, I think it was. I don't know why we were... We were obviously going somewhere for a purpose, and we went to McDonald's, because it was definitely not something that would usually have been allowed. But we used to go to the drive through McDonald's. We lived near Stevenage at the time. The Roaring Meg. Any Stevenage listeners remember the Roaring Meg? What a name for a retail park. I have so many questions. I could probably Google why it's called the Roaring Meg, but I prefer it to just be one of life's little mysteries. Anyway, we used to go to the drive through McDonald's in the, in the Roaring Meg. And we'd always order the same. We'd get chicken nuggets and chips and barbecue sauce. And we both remember the day when both me and my dad are slightly inept when it comes to coordination. And and long story short, the entire interior of his car ended up covered in barbecue sauce. Spoiler alert, barbecue sauce. Not so easy to get out of car upholstery as you might think. I know, right? So there's there's a little lesson for, for all of us. But yeah, happy, happy memories. And then I had, so we, we did McDonald's and then, oh, I've had such a joy. So yesterday evening and this morning. So a friend of mine, my, probably my oldest friend, I think, because we've known each other for forever. So my godmother's daughter, Josie, her first book came out this week. It's called A Still Life. It's out in all formats. And oh my goodness, it's just heartbreakingly beautiful. It really is. So as I said, I've known Josie all my life. And really, for as long as certainly I can remember, she's suffered with ongoing chronic illness, difficulty in terms of getting a clear diagnosis from from doctors. This is all chronicled in the book. And she has lived an increasingly restricted life. But the way she writes and the beauty of what she writes, and I know lots of you will probably follow her on Twitter at Porridge Brain. I urge you all, please, I could not put this book down. It is just beautiful. It just she just draws you into her world and, and it's never done in a kind of a, a self-pitying or a self-absorbent way. In fact, it's opening up your eyes to just things you've never thought about, you'd never even considered. And as I say, I, I fully appreciate that I'm going to sound like I've got a heavy bias here, but honestly, I urge you, read it, read it, read it. It just, I think particularly now, with all of us perhaps living in a in a smaller world that we might once have inhabited, this 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 look from somebody who who has consistently all her life inhabited a a small world is it's just a remarkable read it really is so yeah one of those books that you put down and you feel slightly bereft because you're just you're you're just taken away from from that world and god if there's any justice in this world this needs to sell millions and millions of copies and and be a bestseller i'm so proud of her i'm so proud of you josie um it's a stunner it's a stunner so yeah so so sat and read that and then this afternoon 
I've been out walking with with a friend who lives nearby. I don't have family who live nearby to me, but I do have some great friends who who live literally on the doorstep. And what a treat. We went out this afternoon. I think we did about seven miles. And just having that face-to-face conversation with somebody that you don't live with is such, oh, it's such a treat just to talk about stuff that's, I don't know, we talked about anything and everything, but just being out there, out in the world. And we walked today, we walked right up a big hill nearby to me. I am like the most unglamorous walker ever. I like sweat like a bitch. So I'm like walking up this hill sounding like some kind of phone pest. Like, (gasps) that was quite convincing, wasn't it? Um, So yeah, walking walking up this hill, but, but then you get up the hill and you stop at the top and you can see the world around you. And... It's amazing. Although we walked from our doorsteps, it, it suddenly felt like we'd walked for miles and miles, like we'd gone somewhere somewhere totally different because it's just that that different, different perspective on the day. So yeah, I feel quite rejuvenated actually this afternoon. I genuinely feel feel quite rejuvenated. It it's been a it's been a glorious, a glorious day out there, glorious, glorious weather. Quite the contrast from walking with the children. As those of you who saw this week's blog post, which went ever so slightly viral, I mean trying to get kids out of the house for a walk and you know you know it's good for them you know that they'll enjoy it when they get out there except they probably won't will they and yeah mine, mine are definitely wise to it there's definitely there's so much of the let's go for a walk we've been on a walk yes a walk is a thing that you do more than once it's not a single use activity but I don't want to go on a walk it'll be fun no it won't and what and what can you answer to that what can you answer so yeah the the the, the joy today of going on a walk with someone who didn't bitch and moan who didn't ask if we were nearly there who didn't tell me that they needed a wee or a poo. Thank you, Robin, for being a great walking companion in contrast to, to my two recalcitrant small children who, to be fair, when you're used to playing football seven or eight times a week, hanging out with your mates, going on a walk with your mum, it's not a lot of fun, is it? I do have empathy, but fucking hell, if I hear one more person ask me, are we nearly there yet? I am not going to be accountable for my actions. I'm not going to lie, though. It was quite nice to have a chilled out day because it's been quite the fucking week. I mean, fucking cats. Fucking cats. So as I think most of you know, I have three cats. Sandwich, my oldest cat, is such a good girl. Such a good girl. She is 14 now. Never causes us any bother. Never causes any any hassle. And for a long time, she was the only cat that we had. And then... About a year and a half ago, we decided that we had the time and the capacity to take on a couple more. So we, Sandwich was a rescue cat, so we have always, always had rescue animals. So we decided that we would home two rescue kittens. Me and Mr. I know I need to stop talking. We've had cats for years. We were like, oh, honestly, it's going to be a breeze. Two kittens. How much chaos can they cause? The answer, it turns out, is fucking shitloads. And in contrast to Sandwich, ASAP and Brexit are rescue kittens who are now coming up to two years old. I mean, they are fucking chaos. Despite her name, Brexit less so, actually. She is definitely the, the calmer, more sanguine one of the two. But ASAP, fucking hell. I think I'm pretty certain they both have Bengal in them. They're moggies, but I'm pretty certain they've both got Bengal in them. As anyone who's ever had a Bengal will know, they are about as fucking temperamental as they come. And so it has certainly been with, with ASAP. So this week, it was, it's was it been half term. So I took the, took the week off work, hoping for some nice, relaxing, chilled out time at home. Wednesday, came downstairs and Beth, who'd been in to feed the cat, said, ASAP's being really quiet. Now, as anybody who's ever had a cat like ASAP will know, if that cat goes quiet, something is seriously wrong. So went to have a look at her. 
She seemed all right, but she was very off her food. Again, also vanishingly unlikely in a cat like ASAP. So left her to her own devices. Again, I've been around cats for a long time. She didn't seem unduly in distress. I thought, well, maybe she's had a bump. Maybe she's, you know, had an altercation with another cat. Let's let her rest off and see how she goes. So the day went on. I popped out for a little bit. I came back and she still wasn't interested in eating anything, including like freshly cooked chicken. This is when you know they're really poorly. Sometimes cats will put it on for attention. They're not eating freshly cooked chicken or even heated up tuna, Ah, which someone had recommended to me. Dear God, the house smelled bad. You're like, okay, this, you know, she's she's clearly genuinely quite poorly. So I went over to give her a stroke, and at this point she started properly full-on growling at me. Now she does growl when she's fucked off with you, which is with ASAP, it's like every second day. But this was something else. This is the kind of growl that cats do when they're clearly in pain. Something was clearly very wrong. Anyway, so I phoned our brilliant vets and they said, bring her straight in. So I did, and as anybody who's been to the vets during the pandemic will know, it's it's really strange. It's not like pre-pandemic, you'd go in with the animal and you'd be there when they got examined. Obviously, you can't do that now quite rightly, so you hand over you hand over the animal outside. I always do my little warning as I as I hand over ASAP, which is she's part Bengal. The the vet like nods, like, oh yeah, we've 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 seen a few of those before. So I took her in. Brought her back out sort of 10 minutes later and said, can't find anything obviously wrong. She's got a bit of a temperature. We've given her an injection, an anti-inflammatory, a painkiller. That should sort it out. 24 hours later, she should be back to herself. So brought her back home, still not eating, drinking a bit of water, still quite poorly, but kind of thinking, okay, well, she's a cat. They'll bounce back. She's had this injection. Yeah, so next morning I got up and she basically looked like she was about to die. And you're like, fuck, this is this is not good at all. So phoned the vets back and she couldn't go to our local vets because they thought they'd have to keep her in overnight. They thought that she would need to go to the one slightly further away so she could stay over. So fine, got ready to do that. Obviously then had to let the kids know. And I'm a great believer in you should be honest with your children at all times, particularly, you know, death is sadly a part of life. And looking at ASAP right now, she's got like third eyelids coming up over her eyes. Anybody with cats will know this is bad news. I'm thinking, fuck, I'm not sure she's going to make it through. I let Beth know. Beth goes into kind of like morning style central, like sobbing, wailing, beating her chest. I love her. I love her so much. I mean, it was very, it was very heartwarming and very sweet. And we talked about the various possibilities and we explained that ASAP is, you know, she's still here, but she, she's very, very poorly. Um, so I got ASAP into her cat carrier. Again, always tell when a cat's really ill, when they make no protest at going into the cat carrier. Got her into the car and she just she just lay she just lay there. She just lay there and looked for the world like she was about to die. Got to the vets and <laughs> arrived to a load of text a flurry of text messages on my phone from, from Beth going, Tell ASAP I love her so much. Um I was like, Yeah, no, I I will do. And the same vet as yesterday came out and saw me and said, Oh dear, it's not worked. I said, No, I said I genuinely think she's worse. She is kind of she's doing that thing that cats do and they go off into into the most inaccessible corner possible and look like they're going to die and he said well we're, we're going to keep her in we're going to run some more tests don't know what it could be we'll, we'll just have to let you know so left her there went back home to the children spent the evening with beth planning her funeral at beth's insistence that was nice and awaited a phone call from the vets and he phoned me that evening he said look you know she's she's still poorly we've got run a drip we don't know what's wrong we'll i'll phone you first thing tomorrow morning and we'll, and we'll see how she is fine okay so I go to bed. Next morning, wake up early and half past eight, as soon as the surgery's open, the vet phones me and I'm literally sitting there, braced myself, prepared for the worst. Like I say, I've had cats all my life. I know the difference between a cat putting it on and a cat who is really, really not well at all. 
So answer the phone to the vet. Hi, it's such and such in the vets. Yeah, ASAP's absolutely fine. She's eating, drinking, playing. She looks absolutely fine. There's literally nothing wrong with her. We don't know what it is. We've given her a course of, of antibiotics, but we have no idea. And I'm like, okay, so I get, get in the car, go and drive to the vets, go, go and pick her up. He comes out with, with ASAP and her cat carrier. He's like, here you go, we, we've got no idea. The tests have come back inconclusive, but as you can see, she's fine. And so she's gone from like this animal on her last legs curled up at the back of the cat carrier to I put her on the passenger seat to strap her in to drive home and the entire way home she's got her paw through one of the gaps in the cat carrier and she's like tapping me repeatedly on the arm like get me home get me home I'm done with this get me home get her home and obviously I you know I prepared the kids I sort of said you know I'll have to see how she is get her home Beth comes running to the door opens the cat carrier runs out of the cat carrier runs straight over to a massive plate of food wolfs the food down and looks up at as if if to say don't know what the problem is guys to be honest I mean fucking hell (laughs) so in 24 hours she's gone from a cat that literally looked like she was in her last hours to a cat who who as of as of this evening looks like there's been nothing wrong with her ever healthier than it's ever even possible to be so yeah a few more gray hairs substantially fewer pound coins in in my bank account this morning it's a fucking good job we love them isn't it it really is fucking hell but she's to be honest she has got track history of of ridiculous behavior so again having spent years with with only sandwiches our cat about Oh, it must have been, it was nearly a year ago, actually, because it was right at the start of the pandemic. It was a Sunday night and I was in bed reading. Beth was asleep and I think Jamie must have been in bed reading as well. It was quite late and this time I know I need to stop talking was still downstairs. And I heard Jamie get up and I heard a bit of a kerfuffle from, from downstairs and I didn't think of anything until Jamie came up and said, Dad, I want you to come and have a look at the cat. So I went downstairs and ASAP's in the kitchen again. It's ASAP. It's always ASAP. It's always ASAP. ASAP's in the kitchen wolfing down some tuna that they've put down for her. And I said, what's the matter? So the story as Jamie tells it is he was he was lying in bed and ASAP jumped through his bedroom window. Now, to give you some context for how impressive this feat was, Jamie's bedroom window doesn't have like a flat roof underneath it or a conveniently placed fence or anything like that. For ASAP to jump through Jamie's bedroom window, she would have to scale up to the top of the conservatory. She'd have to jump from the conservatory to the tiny ledge of the bathroom window, which is in between, like in the middle of the house, and then jump from that window ledge to Jamie's windowsill, which is a good... I don't know, I'm not good with distances. It's some distance away. I wouldn't try and fucking jump it, but that way. And then jump through his window. So she's decided that that would be a good thing to do on a Sunday night. Okay, whatever. So she gets into bed with Jamie and she's dead affectionate because she always is when she knows she's done something naughty. So she's sat there on his chest purring away. And then he gets up to go and get a drink from the bathroom and he goes into the bathroom and he described it to me as like, oh, I walked into the bathroom, mum, and I looked in the mirror and I was covered in blood. And I was like, oh gosh, that's dramatic. So he, he does what the obviously, which is look around to see, has he has he cut himself or, or hurt himself? No, he's fine. So he realises it must have come from the cat. So he goes downstairs and she's clearly bleeding quite profusely from her back leg, but seems entirely unbothered, as I say, wolfing down tuna without a care in the world. So I went down to have a look at her and it was, you know, I, I couldn't get near to her. It, well, the bleeding had kind of stopped, so she wasn't in any immediate danger. So I said, right, we'll lock her in this room tonight so she can't get outside. And tomorrow morning, I'll phone the vet. Well, the next morning came and I had a closer look at her injury when she let me in. Jesus, she I don't know what she'd done. Um, I don't I don't wish to make this unduly traumatic for my, my more sensitive listeners. So I'll just say 
it had gone deep. I could see a lot of stuff that I definitely did not want to see in terms of how far it gone into her leg. So phoned the vet, took her, took her in, and long story short, they stapled her back together and said, yeah, we think she'd impaled herself. Now, I don't know about you, if, if I have impaled myself, or indeed if I've had any injury whatsoever, my first thought is, I'm going to have a little lie down and a rest. My first thought is categorically not. I'm going to scale the first floor and jump in through the first floor bedroom window, having leapt from one wonder sill to another with blood pouring out of my leg. But guess that's why I'm not a cat, eh? So yeah, she she does have she does have track form alongside being a a prolific prolific hunter. Both her and her sister are prolific hunters, and they've caught various things over the years. Again, I think sandwich is always a little bit mystified by this because she's never been one for, for catching stuff that they're, they're a real fan of bringing stuff in and decapitating it so jamie who's who's usually on clear up duty because the cats are one of his chores he's very stoic <laughs> he'll like will be like jamie there's a corpse and he'll go and he'll be like oh why have you taken its head off why have you left me its head what's wrong with you and i think yeah fair fair and valid question but but my still my absolute favourite, which I think I've told before, was the day that we'd been out for a walk and we'd come back in and Jamie'd been like, oh, I'm desperate for the toilet. And he ran upstairs to the toilet and then he went, Mom, can you come here? And I was like, is everything all right? Thinking it was something to do with, with you know, the toilet. Was there a problem? I don't know. He said, you've got to come here. You've got to see this. You've got to see this. So <laughs> I go upstairs and I look down into the toilet and I genuinely think somebody is having a fucking laugh because in my toilet floating there very dead is a mouse in my toilet floating there looking back up at me what the actual fuck so one of the cats has caught a mouse killed it god what should i do with this what would what would really really go the extra mile to show my owners just how much i, I care shall i gift wrap it no i won't gift wrap it i'll drop it into the toilet for them to find there what the actual fuck so God knows what the two of them are, are going to come up with come up with next. But yes, it's it's not been a relaxing week on the on the cat front, that is for sure. Poor old sandwich. She sits there looking at the two idiots like, I don't know what you think you're doing. And um yeah, I, I hear her. I definitely I definitely hear her. So it's going to be a funny old week, I feel like we're going back after half term, going back, <laughs> going back, I'm going to a different room in my house after after half term, that that will be the, the, the level of excitement we're going to reach. But in theory, the government are unveiling their plans this week. That in itself will come as a surprise, given I find it hard to believe there have been any plans in the handling of this pandemic so far. But maybe I'm being unkind and this is not intended to be an overly political podcast. So who knows, maybe they'll come up with a really good plan and it's all going to be great and brilliant. And I have to say, fair play to everybody working on the front line in the NHS, but particularly everybody working on the vaccination programme. Fucking hell, you guys are legends. My parents both had their first vaccine this week and... One, you know there's still a long way to go in the in the battling of this pandemic. Hearing about actual people that you know actually having their vaccines. I mean, God love the scientists. I hope at the end of this there is some kind of brilliant medal for all the brilliant people who've done such amazing, wonderful, tremendous things. And I also hope that the people who did not do such tremendous things, hashtag Dominic Cummings, are brought to reckoning. Although I doubt that will ever happen, but a girl can dream, eh? A girl can dream. So yeah, we'll, we'll get an indication on, on what the plans are, are this week. Jamie is hoping that schools never open ever again and he's never ever forced to get 
dressed in order to do a lesson ever again. It is going to come as something of a shock to him, I think, when he has to turn up for morning registration wearing something other than just his underpants. Beth is ambivalent about schools reopening. I think she'd like to see her friends. She's unbothered about, about learning stuff. All she really cares about is getting back on a football pitch. And as I said in last week's podcast, I cannot fucking wait. The day she's back there playing with her team, I will be the hysterical mother on the sidelines, probably having to be sedated and told never to come to a game again. But I will just be so fucking happy for her and for everyone who has missed doing the things that they love. I think we've all done a good job of filling our lives with with lots of little things that are, are still enjoyable. You know, my lovely walk today, my day out to the McDonald's drive through which I've now explained to you how drive throughs work in graphic detail. I'm sure you really feel like you've, you've learned from that. But, you know, we, we're good at finding the little things that bring little bits of joy into our day. But my God, I can't wait to do the big fucking things again. I can't wait to hug the people that I love. I can't wait to stand on the side of a football pitch and scream myself into hysteria. I can't wait to do all of those things and rediscover that huge, great, big, amazing world out there, which I certainly will never, ever, ever be taking for granted ever, ever, ever again. As always, look after yourselves, stay safe, take care, and I will see you all next week. Take care, loves. Bye-bye.